the last two months I have been working out at home. With the cold of winter setting in, I decided to force myself to get back into shape. Now, this has involved getting some dumbbell weights and a new exercise bike, even subscribing to the Peloton Fitness app online, and then scheduling time each day to actually work out. You could say that I'm fully invested in it now that my basement looks like a home gym. But unfortunately, purchasing equipment and having everything set up in my basement doesn't do me a bit of good unless I actually use it to get in shape. Now, I have to be honest with you, it's not been necessarily easy to do so. It's been quite a while since I've lifted weights and done real cardio training. And self-motivation is often challenging. I find that it's much easier to work with someone else so that I have someone holding me accountable to show up and to do that work. Nonetheless, I've been pretty good about following my schedule for the last two months, and after the first week, I was pretty sore, and honestly, I wanted to quit. But I'm aware of that old adage, no pain, no gain. In order to get in shape, you have to muscle your way through the pain and the soreness. It requires endurance and perseverance to train your body to adjust to a new routine. Most of us, though, would prefer a simpler method of getting fit, but unfortunately there's not a magic pill or simple means of doing so. But isn't that true with so many other things in life as well? We would love to get that master's or that doctoral degree, but we don't want to do the work that it requires to get it. We would love to have the perfect marriage, but we don't take time with our spouse to work out through the things that we're struggling with in order to make it better. We would love to be more faithful disciples of Jesus Christ, but we don't have enough time to invest in it with all that we already have going on. I find that it's not that we can't do it. It's that it requires commitment and a willingness to endure the challenges that come with the territory. So often we want the end result without having to put the hard work in, but that's not how things in life actually work. Everything takes work. Everything takes patience, perseverance, and endurance. Being physically fit or getting a degree or having a good marriage or even being a faithful disciple of Jesus is not something that happens overnight. It takes commitment and perseverance to stick with it when things get hard. So today we continue our sermon series entitled God's Promises as we come to God's promise of wisdom. According to James, wisdom is uniquely tied to perseverance. He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. 
James, the brother of Jesus, is writing to Jewish Christians who have been dispersed uh, beyond Israel, particularly to those who are interspersed with non-Messianic Jews, those who don't believe in Jesus as the Messiah. And his letter addresses the reality that many of them are dealing with in this present time, many trials. In fact, James suggests a very radical way of dealing with such trials that they are enduring, He tells them to consider them pure joy. Now, I don't know about you, but when I've faced all kinds of trials in my life, I've never really been joyful about them. I'm usually far from joyful. In fact, I tend to complain and loathe in self-pity whenever I'm going through them. I've even questioned why God would allow such things to happen to me, much less find any joy in it. But James offers a different way Not to be joyful because we are going through a trial, but to be joyful during it, knowing that our trials provide opportunities for spiritual growth. The trial tests our faith, according to James. But the real question is, is it faith in ourselves or is it faith in the Lord? Trials are never easy. We'd prefer to snap our fingers and be done with whatever is challenging us, but that's not how it works. Instead, we're called to depend on God, our true source of joy, as we persevere through whatever we face. Our dependence on God reminds us that whatever seems hopeless to us is not hopeless to God. And our trials are not about proving our faith. Rather, they strengthen our faith in God as we persevere through them. It's kind of like lifting weights. I mean, weightlifting actually breaks down our muscles and it tires us out. But as we persevere through those workouts, we find that we become stronger the more that we do it. In the same way, our trials and our hardships do this to our faith in God. They can be absolutely heavy to carry and they can tire us out, but they are also making us stronger as we come to rely on God's grace and provision to see us through. Thus, our joy is not a feeling or an emotion. It's a decision and an attitude that looks beyond the trial to its potential outcome, God's provision in God's presence in our lives. James also recognizes that trials can take a toll on us. And so he recommends that if we lack wisdom, that we should ask God for it, who promises to give it to us. Now, often we think of wisdom as some sort of specific knowledge about something or maybe even having good judgment. And certainly we all know someone we consider to be wise based on our understanding of wisdom. But James isn't talking about the wisdom of human beings. He's talking about the wisdom that comes from God. And this wisdom is different because it's not so much about having knowledge about everything. It's about a life that pursues God's ways. James is writing to Jewish Christians who are dealing with varying issues. But one of the central themes in the letter of James is poverty. Many of them are suffering unjustly at the hands of the wealthy who oppress them. Many are struggling to make ends meet, to get their daily bread. And those in political power are abusing their power for their own gain, even at the expense of the poor. I find that some things never change, do they? 
Those who have been taken advantage of know that it's wrong and they want justice to be served, but their politicians ignore their pleas to do what is right because it's not politically expedient for them. Well, as you can imagine, this only fuels the fire of their anger towards those who trample the poor. So the question is, is it justifiable for them to respond in anger to stage a violent attack on their political opponents in the name of God? Now, maybe in their own minds they might try to justify that, but not according to James. He refutes any arguments to justify it, saying this, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. He goes on to say, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So James urges them to seek God's wisdom. Seeking to be wise in their own eyes will only lead them to verbal and physical violence, which goes against God's law and Jesus' commands love their enemies. They will justify their actions as a just cause, even though it's not the way of God. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8 reminds us, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body. And nourishment to your bones. Yet so often we lean more on our own wisdom rather than seeking the Lord's. We've seen an awful lot of this in our country over the last year. Christians who are angry on both sides of the political aisle have lashed out with verbal abuse and even physical violence in the name of Jesus. Their perceived trials and hardships have in their own minds justified their actions to respond in ways that don't line up with the teachings of Scripture. You see why the variables often change, the concepts generally stay the same. But we understand that trials are more than politics. In fact, life is more than politics. Trials come in various forms. The truth is there are some who are suffering from poverty, from unemployment, from food insecurity, from racial oppression, from cancer or COVID, grieving the loss of a loved one, having mental illness, or even depression due to the pandemic. And sadly, this list could go on and on and on. And we often don't see these types of trials and hardships as something to rejoice over, nor should we. Instead, as we endure hardship, whatever hardship we're facing, we are reminded in this that we are not alone. For we know the God who comes to us in Jesus Christ, who also endured many trials of his own. For Jesus lived in poverty. He had political and religious oppressors. He was essentially unemployed as he ministered throughout Israel for three years, relying upon the gracious hospitality of others. 
He faced racial oppression from the Gentiles and even from the Samaritans. Jesus wept over the death of his friend Lazarus and struggled mentally with the pain and the anguish that he would have to endure on the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yes, Jesus faced the greatest trial of them all, crucifixion for us. In fact, the writer of Hebrews tells us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus persevered through all his trials, seeing the joy of reconciliation that his death and his resurrection would secure for us. And he didn't retaliate at his oppressors physically or even verbally. He endured. He persevered. Jesus is the wisdom of God. In fact, the Apostle Paul tells us in Colossians 1.28, He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. You see, God generously offers His wisdom to us, not just knowledge or good judgment, but His Son, Jesus, who shows us the way to live faithfully and especially during our hardships. His way is justice, love, and peace. And He gives us wisdom when we decide to trust in Him rather than in ourselves. For He doesn't want us to be double-minded. For being double-minded is essentially saying that you want God's wisdom, but you really don't trust it. So you choose to go your own way. God's not interested in that. He freely gives to those who are dependent upon Him to help them persevere and grow in the midst of of their trials. And honestly, the truth is that we will all experience trials in our life. We will all experience pain. But the real question for us is whether there will be any gain from it. And that gain comes from relying on the wisdom of God to help us persevere and live in the way of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that perseverance, well, it helps us to become mature and complete not lacking anything. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells us, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. So today I ask you, do you trust Jesus in the midst of your trials? Do you really desire His wisdom? If so, ask Him for it. For He promises to give it to you and to help you live it out. In your commitment to seek His wisdom and to persevere, you'll find that He sticks with you, especially when things start to get hard. I find that we have absolutely nothing to lose, but absolutely everything to gain. Friends, may we seek His wisdom this day and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.